0: I, I published a couple of months ago uh, um, a text, an article called Divining the City in uh, a journal, uh, Social Dynamics and it was part of a collection that was uh, guest edited by Jane Geyer and the the, the, in the question that she uh, wanted us to respond to was if if um, if confusion uh, is, has a form what, what kind of form would that be? And talking about urban life and especially the context of Kinshasa, the capital of uh, the Democratic Republic of Congo, where I mean, confusion is a word that, that is uh, very present, let's say, uh, and, and, and punctuates daily life. So what kind of form would that confusion have? Well, if we have to think of that, the urban form of confusion, what would that be? So I'll talk a little bit about that um, and try to summarize some of the points that I made there and, um, and articulate them around in a second part, the notion of um, suture of suture, and uh, it, which is also you know, the tentative title of the new book Suturing the city uh, so i 'll say something about that so disorder confusion, two notions that that, uh, that come to mind if you want to, to capture the rhythms and the flows of, of the urban surface, the forms of life that it generates. Um, These are concepts that we use analytically, or we anthropologists, geographers, urban planners, and and so on. Uh, But these are also words and and concepts that belong to the daily vocabularies of the residents who inhabit that kind of unsteady urban terrain, let's say, uh, in this part of the world. Order, and to a great extent also, it's, it's, it's opposite, disorder are constantly used as concepts eh? uh, street gangs and and, and and so on, talk about themselves as children of disorder disorder is a concept that constantly pops up in, in, in daily life just as confusion eh? uh, or in Angola, Ramon probably knows that better than I do where people talk a lot about confusao eh? confusion as a kind of general sphere uh, that governs life um, so you can probably say that about a lot of urban contexts around, uh, on the continent, African continent and, and beyond, but I'm, I'm not going to make any comparative moves uh, here, and uh, I'll stick to the ethnogra- ethnographic context of uh, Kinshasa itself. Okay. Um, so Kinshasa has been described as a quintessential post-colonial city, and um, And so the form of Kinshasa's urban confusion, um, I think, can be understood by uh, a a concept that I refer to as, or that people use, and it's a Lingala word, koluka, to search, uh, a specific kind of movement in and through the city. Uh, The capacity of city dwellers to look for, to be on the lookout, uh, on the outlook, to blaze a trail in the city and trailblaze yourself into the next moment of daily urban life, navigate the turbulences of of everyday life. And um, that is illustrated in all kinds of of ways uh, in in, in daily life. In the city, the fluctuations of electricity, for example, uh, the fluctuation of social resources, the structuring of urban spaces, uh, its multiple temporalities, indeed the the living forms and infrastructures of urban life uh, themselves. That constantly uh, uh, make people move in a way, in a specific way, through through the city. An often, heard phrase in Kishasa is, "I don't see clear." Uh, or trouble It's 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 troubled. Uh, it's the reality is murky, is indistinct, uh, is, is, turbid, is disturbed. It is disturbed. We it's difficult to capture uh, the the, the, yeah, the meaning of things, of people, and so on. And um, people routinely translate that sense of of confusion with a word that is regularly used in in Lingala, namely mystic, mystic. Uh, So people think situations are difficult to place, difficult to fully fathom uh, or understand. And so that word mystic has become one of the organizing tropes of of Central Africa cityscapes uh, and, and, and it captures rather well, I think, the overall quality of urban existence in all of its opaqueness and all of its elusiveness. Um, and for many people, life in the city or is 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 a, a work of having to engage in an almost daily divinatory act almost uh, in order to read meaning into the fluid. Parameters of urban life to unveil the city's uh, unreliability to steer clear of its uh, many unpredictable events and remain unharmed throughout the day uh, and and to make sense of, of of possible pathways of adversity of luck um, and so again that daily labour constructed around that specific movement that Coluca, that searching. Um, uh, a search for a daily quest for food for contacts for uh, money for jobs for opportunities uh, you can easily lose yourself in that search um, uh, and, and searching for sometimes very desperately searching for the good life Kolukavi to, to search for life for the good life um, but it, it simultaneously always involves a, a kind of interpretive capacity. Um, or possibility to read meaning and opportunity into the gaps that invariably open up between or even within things and events and persons. And these these gaps constitute the essential quality uh, of unpredictability that defines this kind of urban life. And of course there is a lot of influence uh, of, of Pentecostalism, for example, um, and other religious vocabularies, so the impossibility to foretell and to foresee what today and tomorrow will bring often take on also, uh, often translated in terms of fate, in terms of the mir- miraculous, uh, in terms of the occult, and so on. As a basic structure of feeling and of experience, this, this, this uh, form of, of this mystique uh, that permeates urban topographies could... I think – and I devote a whole chapter to that – best be described as a specific kind of rhythm, um, a a, a, a rhythmical uh, movement, the rhythms, the paces, the tones, the echoes that pulsate through the city uh, and its social life and its accompanying acts of searching, of Coluca, um, the quickenings and thickenings of of time and of people that shape the surface of everyday life. the, 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 the releases the sudden constraints the, the opportunities the eternal postponements, and so on the ejaculations and constipations that that are part of of uh, city life and um, and that rhythm often shapes up around um, syncopations uh, the notion of the syncopated like the like in jazz the offbeat and just just one beat off the uh, uh, the, the the suspended the uh, the unexpected, the excessive and in part it's the city's physical condition itself that imposes um, these specific rhythms um, on its inhabitants through the simulacra of infrastructure, through the ruinations that constitute the city's material landscape, Uh, the the material infrastructure of the city imposes a certain kind of rhythm onto the lives of people Um, and a reality that exemplifies that to the full is uh, uh, that of the city's electricity supply, which consists of the famous system of Delestage, uh, that Snell, the, the, the national electricity company, applies throughout most, if not all, of the, the, the city. And Delestage means that uh, electricity is switched off in one neighbourhood, Uh during certain hours or days in order to fee- feed other sectors in the city instead. And the problem is that these rhythms are never, that you can never uh, predict them. They, they are totally unpredictable uh, and, and apparently random. Um, some areas receive electricity most of the time, most receive electricity some of the time, uh, though the hours might vary every day, and, uh, and and other parts of town never receive any um, and so that, again, makes for a lot of uncertainty. Uh, a, a lot of divinatory work needs to be done in order to make sense of that, in a way. Um, and, um, and not only do these uh, electricity breakdowns or the, the fact that you cut off the grid uh, and then switch on again, uh, um, it creates, of course, uh, it... it, 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 it It takes a lot of energy, Uh, it also creates new kinds of, uh, new forms of networking. Not only people, as you can see in this photograph, start to bend uh, the the electricity, tap it off and and, and bend it towards their own compounds and tap electricity from the official poles and cables, but the steady rhythm of the electricity supply, the instability of the electrical current itself. which is often worsened by that informal bending of course uh, sets in motion a whole carousel of people in search of, for example, light to read in the evening or uh, power to, 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 to uh, uh, switch on your refrigerator or to get a generator working or simply seeking an opportunity to, to connect a laptop or uh, and recharge your, your cell phone or watch a soccer game on TV and so on So, and that creates new kinds of networks people move because of that Uh, um, in the streets of every uh, neighbourhood there are numerous shops that are equipped uh, with with privately owned generator sets providing a possibility to leave your cell phone behind and pick it up in the evening again Uh, uh, watching TV becomes a collective uh, street happening um, uh, and so on so these, these absences these technological gaps and silences that so strongly characterise the the syncopated nature of of, uh, the public infrastructure, thus also generate new spheres of social interaction and new coping uh, strategies. And all of these suspensions, all of these missed beats um, occasioned by the staccato rhythms um, and outages that the city imposes upon its inhabitants thus also offer a possibility to discover and explore and invent unexpected accents that form Openings into a something else, uh, in, in, uh, the something else of the offbeat track, let's say. Um, but also, they generate a lot of questions, often of a divinatory nature, as I said, if only because people constantly try to make sense of uh, or to search for the reasons behind, in this particular case, the unsteady power supply. Um, and as is common in any divinatory ritual seance, uh, they try to come up with a causal explanation. Uh, Um, for present wrongs by tracing them back to uh, um, a chain of events in the past. So why does the street next to ours receive electricity? And and we do not. Why did the national electricity company decide to switch our electricity regime from a couple of hours per day to half a day every week? uh, Which neighbour could possibly have influenced that decision? Why does he hold a grudge against us? Did Did we, did I, my wife, my children, my uncle my cousin, possibly do something to upset that guy? Um, if so, what could that have been? Or did someone in the neighborhood anger the authorities? Or isn't the next door neighbor rumored to be sleeping with the wife of the personal assistant of the local sector's director uh, of the electricity company, and so on and so forth? So the endless questions, in a way, to make sense of um, of of the fact that you, you don't have electricity. What this illustrates is that... Um, the form of the city is not only imposed by the rhythms of the city's failing material infrastructure and the confusion that that uh, decrepit nature of this infrastructure constantly generates, uh, but it, it also means that its form is as much shaped by mental and social landscapes the whole, all of the time, um, and that uh, all of the infrastructural fragments and figments that make up the urban landscape are embodied in other temporalities, in other rhythms, in totally different layers of uh, socially networked infrastructures punctuated by varying spatial, temporal, affective oscillations uh, between connectedness, disconnection, for example, or uh, between underground, between surface, fold and gap, between visible and invisible, and so on and so forth. And to navigate through all of these um, Contradictions, all of these impossible possibilities and, and uh, all of the changes of pace and rhythm that urban life generates, uh, that demands uh, a lot of judgment, that demands a lot of uh, improvisational skills that uh, the inhabitants of Kinshasa commonly refer to as mathematics, mathematic. Um, and indeed, to steer your life uh, unscathed through all the pitfalls, all the possible Constantly changing parameters uh, of your daily existence seems to demand uh, an advanced knowledge of higher mathematics almost. uh, Matters such as chaos, fractals, um, mobility, vectorial capacity in order to attain a deep insight in the complex uh, dynamics of social transmission. An example, this guy here, uh, he's not from Kinshasa, he's from Lubumbashi his his name is Jean Katamba he's a fantastic artist and here we see him at home uh, uh, with an artistic work of his called Pilon uh, 53 it's a cardboard representation of uh, a transmission tower for electricity but also in his mind uh, a a, a transmission tower for IDs, so it transmits IDs Um, and um, and So he translates that notion of mathematics uh, into a navigational exercise around three axes um, that he calls coupure, facture, culture, so cuts, power cuts, invoices, facture, and uh, culture, culture. So these are the three main axes uh, around which all of the parameters of our lives are organized in a way. And all of these other parameters he wrote down on that little screen uh, a plastic screen in the middle of the transmission tower and uh, the other parameters are uh, written there, privatization, group, independence, hotel, heating, arrangements, deals, lovers, rest, meal, health, salary, wedding, church. So all of these things, uh, all of these balls need to be kept up in the air all the time and, and uh, in order to do that you need to, to yeah, the to do the mathematics, you need to think. You, you need to to make your brain work, um, and so it takes a great deal of perseverance and um, uh, courage and, and tactical skill, in a way, uh, to live that city's uh, that, that life in the city. Uh, the city has uh, what I call here limit experience, a concept I use in its Foucauldian uh, sense of an experience which takes one to life's edge by as Foucault says, by seeing to it that the subject no longer is no longer itself, that it is brought to its annihilation or its demolition. That is also why people, in their quest to convert this living on the edge into something more enduring, into something more lasting and, and, and safe, in a way, often turn to ritual specialists for assistance and help. People like this guy here. Of course, there are the preachers in, in the churches and so on, but there's also Still, a lot of uh, diviners that are active in, uh, in the city, and that people constantly consult to make sense of what happens in their daily lives. To give an example, there's a guy I, I've known for a couple of years. He's a policeman, and um, one day he um, they caught uh, a car thief, and uh, so the, the thief was sent to prison and the car was parked in front of the police station and he and another guy had to watch over it at night. So that, uh, and what happened was that he fell asleep uh, in the, during the night and when he woke up in the morning, the car was gone. So the car had disappeared. And he was accused of having stolen it himself and he was put in prison. From prison, he contacted his wife and uh, um, told her, like, there is a diviner living in our neighborhood. Go and see that guy and tell him what the problem is. And so his wife went to see the diviner who said, "Okay, I can probably tell you the neighbourhood in which you can find that car again. But you have to watch very carefully because it will be repainted already. Um, And so she set out on a search for that car. And indeed, it took her a week, but she found it. Not only had the the, the colour changed, but the, the motor block was also already sold separately. But they found the car again and he was released. And so ever since, and that's how I got to know this specific... that's the guy, Um, ever since whatever happens in his life, he he goes to consult this man. So a lot of people uh, uh, do that, judging from the number of visitors uh, that are waiting uh, to consult him every time I I visit this this man in his compound. Uh, My police friend is by no means an exception. Um, So whatever the situation might be, uh, illness, misfortune, witchcraft attacks, uh, professional setbacks, troubled marriages, uh, problematic relationships, the weight of city life and so on. The divinatory oracle identifies and, and reformulates the problem in question by embedding it um, in a, a different, more constructive uh, narrative that always suggests the possibility of, of an agency in a way, uh, that, uh, that of acting upon and thereby transforming uh, and opening up the problematic limit experience at hand um, that is responsible for wrenching the subject from itself in a way Uh, so in that sense that divinatory consultation um, allows consultants to reinsert themselves um, into the world in an alternative way and through a transformative ritual uh, movement so in the end I think what what these these movements and these divinatory actions uh, so to speak uh, tell us specifically about the form of the urban drive. Uh, is the following: um, they 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 refer to um, to knots in a way. Um, so this kind of urban world is characterized by, as I said, a specific rhythm, uh, chaotic rhythms uh, that determine people's lives uh, within the urban terrain complex divisions and, and, and uh, conflations of space, time, frequency, code that make and mark uh, the form of urban life, uh, specific forms of transference, of channeling, of networking. Um, and we all use concepts to talk about that. Uh, we we uh, think of, of the notion of entanglement that, that Sarah Nuttall proposed, think of uh, Jean Lupin Selms branchement think of uh, the assemblage uh, that, that Colin McFarlane uh, talks about and it things, connections and articulations or the rhizome or the palimpsest or the multiplex and there's a lot of forms that we that we use to, in order to make sense of that that chaos and so on um, but in Central African cultural registers there are there is a specific form that that is referred to all the time and it's that of the knot eh, of um, um, uh, 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 tying, knotting, connecting, weaving, intertwining things together. A knot is a limit situation also. Huh? Uh, if the city is a limit experience, the knot translates that. A, a knot can is a disjunct and a conjunct. It, it, it can bring things together, or it can undo, untie, or block off. Uh, so it works in, in two different uh, ways. And uh, and so it might represent openness, it might represent closeness, uh, health and, and, and illness and so on. And it's used constantly in those terms. Um, that's what witchcraft is about. It's, it's, a, it's a blockage or an undoing of, of uh, integrative ties uh, between people, for example. Um, and um, it brings us also back to the <coughs> divinatory basket. In these baskets, there's always one little element that you see here. This here. They always come in pairs. They're very tiny; it's not bigger than this. But without it, this this specific form, that that specific knot, which is called kata, uh, in this in this case, without it, the divinatory basket cannot work. It's always there. Um, this this specific form, and um, and these, um, as you see, uh, these this kata, these these knots. Uh, um, I think are of crucial importance to understand uh they represent the flow of life, uh, in, in a way, the, the, the energy, breath, vitality and so on, and as you see, it has a, a mobius shaped kind of form. Eh? It consists of spooled up strips of palm leaves, uh, which are woven into a single hole. Uh, and so they always appear in pairs, representing the knot's double nature um, of flow enclosure, uh, as I said. And, um, and we all know that the Möbius strip, which is something very nice to think with, of course, um, uh, is a mathematical object, uh, or a physical representation of it, um, uh, a, a two-dimensional sheet with only one surface, it doesn't have a beginning and an end, if you follow it, 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 it kind of leads you uh, uh, around, of course, the the divinatory knots are not real knots uh, in that they do have a, a beginning and an end, and although you're not supposed to see. It, but they, it starts here, right? And so, so it's not a real Möbius strip in that sense. But there's something about it that that refers to it and that makes you um, forget the point of origin and and of ending. It's a, a kind of endless. Uh, um, the, the, the origin is forgotten, in a way, and, and therefore that not seems to be realized as a, a ruled surface or a surface in affine space, um, um, and, and therefore seems to share the Möbius strip's mathematical property of, of being non-orientable in an endless or without origin. So, in other words, these forms or geometric st- metric structures form a translation or, per- or a permutation of uh, the Euclidean map. Eh? That's, that's what the map of the city is like. It's, it's not a Euclidean space, but it's, it's something else. Uh, the, the movements in the city take place in this kind of form, eh? uh, generalizing the affine properties um, within Euclidean space, offering projective maps to chart the particular rhythms uh, of parallel spiraling and also intersecting lines without origin or end, and um, <coughs> and a Möbius form therefore seems to fit and describe the plane of the city uh, rather well. It's it's a, an unsteady topology uh, and uh, a miraculous unfolding of of non-orientable lines. And people's lives in the city are also non-orientable lines. And, uh, When I think of my own life, you can say uh, with David Lynch, it's a straight story uh, from point A to point B. It's planned out uh, even today. I took the train in in Brussels at 7. I know I'm going to be at 9 in in, in London, and I'm right in time for this talk here in Oxford. Everything is planned out. People's lives in a city like Kishasa, they're not straight stories. They're lost highways, in a way, eh? Mm -hmm. to refer to another title of... of, uh, David Lynch's uh, uh, movies. Uh, there is no the, from point A to point B, or to return to the to, to the, the beginning point eh, after a day uh, of moving through the city. When people come back home, they, they say, "Oh, it's a miracle! I'm still alive. I, I, I made it back to to the, to the starting point." So there's so many things uh, happening that you can't foresee and can't foretell, and um, and so with all the mathematics that, that that confusion and improvisation entails. And, uh, and so this, this Möbius form, this not also captures that in a way. And um, it also makes us think of uh, another form. Oh, I, I thought we, we were looking at the Möbius form already. Uh, so the Möbius, it also makes us think of the Borromean rings. Uh, um, that refer less to the structural properties of of the Möbius ring, but that bring us closer to the topological operation of uh, of interlinking, of knotting, eh? of, of uh, 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 intertwining, uh, and that's what they represented for uh, in Lacanian uh, psychoanalysis, for example, eh? uh, for Lacan. Um, the Borromean ring was was also something good to think with. It was something to think about suturing, yeah? of, of uh, the, the uh, uh, stitching, uh, uh, stitching lacks and losses together, um, and so uh, believing in in the in the shape of a constant attempt at finding ways to, yeah, to to suture things to overcome the gaps and so on. So let us explore a little bit further that notion of suture by linking it to. The topography we've we've dealt with a kind of epistemology that people consciously or unconsciously move to make sense uh, uh, use to make sense of the city, and to divine the the meaning of the city. Let's move from that epistemology to the topology of the city and to the city map, the topography of the city, um, by exploring that notion of suture uh, through the meaning of two opposite places. Let's say topoi that of the mountain the vertical, and that of the whole. These mm-hmm. two... Uh, okay, in many ways within the, 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 the setting of Kinshasa, you see here the, the Congo River, a mighty river that becomes the, what formerly was called the Stanley Pool, the Malebo Pool, the large, vast inner sea. Here, that gray area is Kinshasa, old colonial city that is really rapidly expanding to the east, to the west, and so on. City of more than 12 million tiny little opposite baby, uh, the the mirror city of Brazzaville, of the other Congo, Uh, and um, in many ways within the setting of Kinshasa and uh, the Malebo Pool, what connects the histories of uh, autochthonous uh, land chiefs, Humbu and Teke land chiefs, the people that were there before Stanley arrived in 1881 um, uh, and, and, and settled, uh, set up his first trading post. Actually, here, this little corner here, which is a hill or a mountain, used to be called Leopold Hill after King Leopold II, uh, and has now become Mongaliema, the name of a local important land chief, the the, the main uh, chief that Stanley encountered. So. Uh, so the mountain itself is is, uh, is is a is a place that tells you stories about pre-colonial uh, presences. Uh, stories of co- and, uh, those were the places of pre-colonial power uh, sites of ancestral worship cemeteries ritual importance political importance they were colonized by the Belgians by Stanley uh, re- reshaped uh, renamed uh, reclaimed and then again by uh, so this is the first Leopold Hill um, so that, that mountain there in the back, and so you can tell the story of the city through all of these mountains. Eh? To the west, uh, to the, the city's east, you have its entrance gate, uh, uh, Mangengenge, which was also very important, uh, yeah, a very important uh, pre-colonial uh, 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 power's place. Eh? That, that mountain, Mangengenge, and that has now become uh, a Christian. A site for worship, for prayer. Uh, it's it's also been renamed as Mount Tabor, the the, the Mount of Transfiguration, where, where Jesus saw the light. Um, and so all of these mountains are about uh, about coloni reterritorializations, recolonizations, uh, and you can read you can read them as palimpsests of various histories in a way. Um, so that is true for uh, the. Mountains. The idea of mountain as a topos of of sovereignty of political power was also by the Belgian, uh, Belgian urban planners and so on translated into uh, the the infrastructure of the skyscraper. Uh, So the mountain became the skyscraper. The first skyscraper of uh, Kinshasa and of Central Africa and and uh, uh, was this one, uh, the Forestcom Tower, was built in one thousand, nine hundred and forty-six was the only skyscraper with 10 floors in the whole of, of Central Africa at that, that moment, and it was a, a great source of pride. And it was uh, in the, the colonial, uh, in the, the, the propaganda machine of the colonial modernity that the Belgians tried. So this was the, the ultimate achievement. Um, that is the reason why uh, Mobutu built one next to it that is even higher, uh, the Sozakom Tower. So to outdo, just as the Leopold Hill uh, was renamed, by Mobutu into uh, Galiema Hill, uh, the name of the the, the the his own ancestors, so to speak, so he also built uh, this new, uh, this new building to 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 uh, to show that he re-territorialized the city and also claimed that colonialist modernity um, uh, instead so <clears throat> So that that notion of the mountain, the the skyscraper, still holds a a great deal of attraction. Uh, It's also constantly recycled by uh, the government, the current government, to promote its vision of the new Kinshasa. This is uh, a a promotional picture of uh, a new city that is going to emerge within that Malebo pool, although in reality it doesn't look like anything like this. It's just banal urban, suburban infrastructure, but the propaganda uh, the, the image of it is, is uses that, that notion of, of uh, the, the skyscraper. Um, <clears throat> but of course the, the raw urgencies of, of living in the physical and social environments of Congo's uh, capital uh, constantly belie these images, these dreams. these, these uh... There exists a, a, a large gap between that kind of image, and the official urban planning projects and management policies, uh, and people's everyday lives, as I have described them uh, earlier on, uh, uh, lives lived in the shadow of colonial and post-colonial towers and skyscrapers, so to speak. Uh, the reasons for that gap are many, I'm not going to go into that, but, uh, but Congo's urban dwellers have since long abandoned to think of their cities as glorious mountains, uh, uh, the only mountains that appear On the horizon of their urban worlds are, uh, in a way, uh, mountains of garbage, uh, garbage that the urban authorities have ceased to pick up and collect a long time ago. So, instead, in their attempts to make sense of of life, uh, of of the life that the city imposes upon them, uh, urban uh, denizens have turned to the opposite topographical figure, that of the the sinking ground, that of the hole. Um, Holes are Omnipresent, uh, uh, whether it's the whole of the cemetery, uh, as you see here, um, or uh, whether it's uh, the, uh, uh, holes uh, produced by erosion, uh, that actually more than 200 erosion points of this magnitude uh, threatening roads and houses and neighborhoods uh, in Kinshasa today, as in many other uh, secondary towns and cities in Congo. Some of these, these erosion holes... Uh, really have become so famous that they have their own personal names this one is uh, 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 the specific one is called Libulu um in the municipality of Galiema and that, that particular erosion site became so well known that it also gave its name to a famous nightclub in Paris for example um, and, um, and so the concept of the whole uh, expresses In a way, the quality of of life in the city, uh, it not only references um, tangible physical depressions in the city's surface, but it also refers to the black hole of urban living, uh, to the dark matter of the urban praxis itself. Hole in Lingala is called libulu, uh, may refer to the dark hole of the prison, uh, as I said, to the graves, uh, to the the city as a dead world, to the meager livelihoods uh, that artisanal mining holes uh, offer, for example, or more generally to the city's uh, shadow economy. Wednesday Yalibulu, the market of the hole, literally, uh, refers to an informal market where things can be sold below the official price, where you can make good deals uh, after after the the official opening hours of the market, um, and so on. And the concept of hole is often used uh, as well to make Ironic comments uh, upon the state of things in uh, Kinshasa um, uh, and in Congo generally. A couple of years ago, right next to that uh, uh, colonial skyscraper, the Forest Comp Tower, um, a Quinoa businessman opened a dance bar and called it Le Grand Liboulou, the big hole. Um, And that formula proved very successful. And the owner opened two more bars in different places in the city. Uh, uh, This is another one. And, um, and in the meantime, that name has also become has been adopted by other more informal, small pubs and dancing bars throughout the city, inspiring in a way a typical Kinshasa response to the subject of holes. Uh, if we have to live in a hole, we can as well dance in it. Um, and so the, the the notion of the hole is used as a metaphor to describe all of the, the shady deals that uh, that urban dwellers constantly have to make in order to. Survive in the city's uh, uh, informal economy, all of the impromptu movements that uh, into often uncharted uh, spatial but also social and mental territory that the city forces them to make. As Joshua Walker, who uh, an American anthropologist who worked in Bujimai, um, in Central Congo, an important diamond uh, mining town, um, um, observes in his ethnography of that artisanal mining uh, in in Bujimai holds both symptom and metaphor for an experience of loss that is simultaneously material and moral. Erosion itself signifies not only the city's physical decline, it also informs discourses about the corrosion of wealth and values. But even if holes have emerged as Kinshasa's generic type of infrastructure as well as a kind of meta-concept to reflect upon the degradation of the colonial infrastructure and upon the closures um, and often dismal quality of of social life that followed the colonial city's physical ruination, there still is the question as to how that gap between the colonial mountain and tower and the post-colonial hole in a way that that, that, that gap that is there how that is filled in the experience of uh, Congolese urban residents apart from dancing what kind of other possible answer uh, do uh, people come up with in response to the challenge uh, presented by the hole in, by these holes if the city has transformed towers into holes how can holes be illuminated to become towers again in a way Uh, or mountains and um, I think we should remind ourselves of the fact that to talk about discourses of holes uh, uh, that implies removal, that implies uh, the empty space that it produces um, maybe that in itself is is rather problematic in that it suggests that urban existence uh, is solely defined by depletion as if the, the process of extraction uh, from the whole were not uh, in itself... Uh, uh, these processes were not in, in themselves productive in any sense, be, be beyond the depletive, um, I think the hole is never just a black hole, the hole is uh, never merely hollow, it's never merely emptied of content. Um, holes also have the capacity to metaphorically uh, elide how life continues uh, uh, through and despite decline. And even if living the experience of the whole considerably complicates life and, and often degrades its quality, uh, the whole itself also offers a, an aperture, an, an opening, a possibility, uh, at least for those who know how to read an alternative meaning into the blackness of the whole. To give but one example, uh, one of the points that I explore in, in, in this new book uh, the, I call it urban acupuncture, so the specific sites that I stick my analytical needle in, let's say, a street, a field, a cemetery, a specific building. So one of these points is this particular building that you see in the back. It used to be, it was built in the mid-50s, uh, outside of the city, in the meantime it's been engulfed and and encompassed by uh, a whole slum area. It used to be a a radio station um, and a relay station for telegraph and and, and telephone conversation. Uh, Today it still belongs to the Ministry of uh, Telecommunication um, and it's inhabited by uh, civil servants who have not been paid for many, many years but uh, uh, in return they can squat Legally in this building, so there are more than 300 people living there, and um, as you can see uh, It's a beautiful modernist building in a way um, But part of it in a kind of corbusier fashion is built on, 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 on These uh, things and the road leading uh, Alongside it is always muddy even in dry season. There's always mud and it's actually rather complicated to get to, to Pass that street with a car so you have to leave your car in front of the building uh, in which there is a police station, so you have to pay something to the policeman to watch over your car and then you have to walk. And I've always wondered why does no one repair that road, because the, the, the reason why it's always muddy uh, is that there's a, a broken rain, uh, rain pipe, uh, 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 pipe here and all of the water from the building trickles down onto the street and causes this, this mud and these, these potholes. And, uh, and I thought, how much can it cost to, to repair that thing? $10? Or uh, why don't people, the 300 people living in that building, why don't they just put some money together and repair? It? Until it dawned on me that everybody was actually busy trying to keep those potholes alive and uh, rather than uh, do, it, do them away. Because the potholes in themselves push people to the side, uh, they generate. Uh, in, Pedestrians, uh, you have to leave your car behind. You push to the to the side, and you uh, you're pushed underneath the building. And all of these women, it's still early in the morning here, uh, so there's not much going on. But they all have market stalls, little tiny squares and, and, and spaces that they they cling to and that are hard to get by. Uh, and uh, and the potholes generate possible customers. Uh, Without the potholes, these customers would not be there, and these women would lose their income. And these are the girlfriends or, or wives and so on of the policemen working in the building. So everybody is, is something at stake here. And so the thing is to keep these potholes in, working, in good working order, in a way. And, um, and we all know, all of us who work in, in, in African context, uh, often when you drive your car on the street, there's always someone filling potholes and asking for uh, some money. Uh, to, because he enables you to pass by with your car of course that same guy in the evening empties that same pothole again and to restart again the next morning so I, I know some people who are the owners of a specific pothole who have been the owners for the past 15 years and is their main income so their thing is not to repair the road but to keep the pothole going in a way it's, it's almost like reverse uh, infra- uh, graffiti and so rather than painting something on a wall you wash away the dirt and there's also an image that. Uh, so it's a kind of reverse thing it's reverse infrastructure it's not, it's not negative infrastructure it's a negative of infrastructure and if you illuminate what is dark uh, and, and like a negative of a photograph all of a sudden it appears as a, as a very f- well functioning uh, 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 infrastructural form in a way so uh, how to make that switch to think of of infrastructure in that sense uh, as as a, a kind of reverse infrastructure, um, and um, and so uh, that's what holes do. Uh, if if the hole is is uh, a kind of infrastructural baseline of the city, um, I can say the the hole is the city's ground zero. Um, And and in that sense, the whole is also a suture. Um, In a a recent publication uh, by Nancy Rose Hunt, uh, not her last book that I just got a couple of weeks ago, I haven't fully read it yet, but in in something that she published a couple of years ago, uh, she uses the concept of suture to join together in new ways different um, colonial medical histories uh, in Congo. And suturing, she argues suggest closing a wound, stitching, uh, closing a wound, making an incision, stitching together parts, uh, locations, points of view. Uh, And as such, it points to new kinds of creativity uh, with sources, with evidence, with uh, interactivity. Um, So I would like to pick up on that idea uh, and extend that notion of suture as a closure, uh, as junction, as seam, to the ways in which, often against all odds, uh, the inhabitants of Congo's urban landscapes read meaning into the black hole of the city and use material but also mental and moral holes as suture points to fill the gap, to overcome the hiatus, in a way, to to design realignments and to redefine the zero. uh? uh, the impossible circumstances of living in the kind of urban environment that Congo cities offer. How to turn that zero into a one, into a possibility, a something else, a surplus. And, um, and taken like this, uh, the notion of suture remains very close to the original meaning of the term given to it by, um, in, in, in Lacanian uh, psychoanalysis. Although suture is a, a Lacanian concept that was not invented by Lacan but by uh, Jacques uh, Miller uh, in a famous 1966 text uh, where he, 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 he pr- 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 uh, proposes that notion of the suture, of the suture. Um, and, uh, and, uh, and for him, the suture is always between uh, a zero as a lack, something impossible to conceptualize, uh, and zero as a number, as a one. Uh, In that sense, the whole, as suture, uh, both represents lack while also placing and suturing it in a way. Um, I can't see the whole text, I'm sorry. Uh, So suture names the relation of the subject to the chain uh, of its discourse and the rest you can uh, so what I try to to, to, to capture and to understand uh, uh, in, in this book uh, that I'm, I'm, I'm working on uh, is, is how urban residents do exactly that in a way how they in this zero world of the city how they manage with varying degrees of success to turn the zero into a one uh, how they read potential promise prospect into the blackness of the the whole, how they throw their words, uh, their own bodies, if need be, uh, into this daily struggle with the city's madness, and how it's the whole itself that that propels them to propels them to do that. Uh, um, and in that sense, the tropes of of the whole and the the suture tell us something about the changes that have taken place in how urbanity is imagined uh, and lived in in, in Congo, where. Uh, as this photo says, l'impossible n'est pas Congolais. The impossible is not Congolese, so where nothing is impossible. Uh, um, and, uh, and so and the question then becomes what, what, what sort of collective life, what sort of knowledge is to be gathered uh, once modernity has been thrown into doubt, while the task of finding the ways to inhabit remain more important uh, than, uh, than ever and that for me is precisely the question uh, uh, that needs to be explored if the notion of the whole offers uh, a kind of meta concept that, that people use to reflect upon both the material degradation uh, of the city's infrastructure and, and also as a way to rework the closures of, of, of life in the city, the question is how this reworking, how this reassembling uh, takes place? If the city is transformed into a zero world uh, or a black hole that makes any clear assessment of it simply disappear into the force of its gravity, how then uh, can this hole be reworked to become the animated space, uh, as Achaemen as would say, uh, that, enabled, that enables living and living together? So how, where, where can people live together? And, and so I, I think, but I'm going to stop here and we can talk about it afterwards, but I think that that notion of living together, uh, uh, I take it in, in, in the sense uh, in which Jacques Derrida, for example, uses uh, uh, a vivre ensemble, a living together that can only exist uh, where the, the whole, W-H-O-L-E, the, the, the whole, the assemblage is not fully formed and is not closed. Uh, living together always implies uh, a contestation about how a social body, a collective, completes itself in a way. It's a process that is never uh, completely finished, it never sums up, and it is never fully identical with itself. And and with that, uh, I think a whole new set of of questions starts to emerge. Uh, uh, Questions, and uh, someone like Bruno Latour... Uh, uh, puts it like that, and uh, can, we cohabit- can we cohabitate with you? Is there a way to survive together while none of our contradictory claims, interests and passions can be eliminated? And these are questions that re- relate to any urban context of course, that are also very prominently present in our own city- cities and, and lives uh, more and more, but um, they seem to be particularly urgent in uh, a city such as Kishasa, where that gap between the topographies of mountain and hole is so conspicuous, and where pleasure and and, and, and poignancy always go hand in hand, where the hiatus itself uh, has become a topological framework to map out any form of existence and coexistence in the city. So, um, so in the rest of the book, then, I, I try to explore a little bit that notion of Living where, where and how can people live together? And how does the city constitute its publics? Uh, where can people do things together uh, as a collectivity or not? Is it just impossible to, 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 const- to think of uh, a togetherness? Uh, uh, so that's, that's the question that uh, the, the rest of the book tries to attack in a way. But uh, I'm going to stop it uh, uh, here uh, for now. Thanks a lot.